This podcast is sponsored by Prime Super, straightforward superannuation solutions that empower you to grow, manage and protect your wealth and retirement income. That's Prime Super. Go to primesuper.com.au to learn more. So um, you've done some re- recent research into uh, health professionals in rural areas and the retention of so uh, to start off with the obvious, the levels compared to the cities are obviously low, and this is affecting uh, rural areas. Yes, it's a, a, a wicked problem that's um, plagued um, all all rural areas uh, worldwide mm-hmm. um, for uh, forever, really. Um, but in Australia, um, it's been a particular focus of um, federal government in particular and state to try and address those uh, that disparity of workforce between um, our, our metro areas and our rural and remote areas. So that includes regional. All three have workforce shortages. Um, they, they differ um, between medical, uh, nursing and allied health. Um, and the reasons for those differences are so for nursing it's much more about um, a retiring workforce and nurses have been the backbone of Australia's rural health workforce, rural health services um, for the last 30, 30 years or more um, and in allied health it's more a distribution problem we train enough of them but um, and we can get them to come for a little while but we can't get them to stay so we don't tend to have we have real problems having um, enough senior allied health professionals in rural Australia and why that's important is they're, they're the backbone of helping uh, people with chronic um, illnesses uh, recover and have a level of well-being. Um, so we really need that workforce as well. So, um, And my expertise and interest is particularly in nursing and allied health workforces. Mm-hmm. And specifically, some of your research that I read uh, looked at the early career nurses. And mm-hmm. so, was this from an observation that you know researchers are noticing that nurses start and then quickly leave rural settings? Uh, that's uh, nurses, and um, its turnover is very high uh, for particularly for uh, new graduates. Um, so anyone that's in the first few years of um, since graduation. They come rural, but they do not stay. So uh, it usually um, turnover can be uh, as low as less than 12 months, and it tends to average around 12 to 18 months for many uh, nursing and allied health professionals. So mm-hmm. that um, turnover is not good for um, continuity of care mm-hmm. and patient care. It also has, so it's hard to provide the best service when you've got um, high turnover. Um, and it also is detrimental to, to the team um, and, and the managers. They tend to have to focus, spend a lot of their time either onboarding new people, recruiting new people and bringing them on with um, them not tending to stay very long. Mm-hmm. Um, and why we want them to stay longer is that um, whilst it's a big step up, part of the reason pe- um, most people um, going rural um, in nursing and allied health will find that first year very challenging. Um, the scope of practice is very broad. Uh, the workload is uh, big, um, partly because of workforce shortages. But um, they also get gain a lot of experiences, which is why a lot of people choose to come rural. 
Um, and if we can get them, they're usually after a f- the first year, pretty good clinicians by then. So it's great if the health services and the rural communities can get a, at least another couple of years uh, work. Um, so we have to help um, help, help people um, decide they want to stay. And uh, probably the key thing from my research so was, and my first research was on community mental health workforces in rural and remote um, areas of northern New South, northwestern New South Wales. That um, one of the things that I, was a key factor was uh, people's sense of connection and um, belonging to the rural communities. And for anyone that I, I term an outsider newcomer, um, so that they weren't a local and they didn't have connections to the town, they had high levels of loneliness um, and. Um, if there weren't efforts to help them belong both within the workplace and in the community, they usually turned over fairly quickly. So um, that's a key finding that, in fact, the social determinants are are some of the key factors Mm -hmm. in rural health workforce retention. Um, You also need to... Health services um, and communities need to be focusing on... um, what the organisational culture is like and what the team and the, and the managers are like and the role of the health health practitioner health professional um, but um, and career building and access to um, CPD um, continuing professional development but um, this this other factor must also be attended to we can't just recruit recruitment is just the beginning of retention uh, we need to really care for um, uh, new health professionals moving to areas, uh, to rural areas um, and towns, um, and support them as a, a community-led, community-engaged um, process um, and framework. So that's kind of what I'm working with, uh, with currently. I'm currently mm-hmm. in Victoria, working for the University of Melbourne, as you introduced me, working with a couple of hospitals in uh, one regional. Um, in Shepparton and one uh, small rural in Ararat around um, how we might improve early career um, retention of health professionals. Um, and so, and that looks at that framework that looks at those three things that I mentioned that are key, that the organisation and the um, team and um, the, the role are, are uh, well supported. Uh, particularly in the first three to th- three months, and then ongoingly for the first twelve months, um, access to continuing professional development and career opportunities, and these um, sen- helping the uh, new staff member develop a sense of connection and belonging to the community, mm-hmm. starting with making sure that they've got good house- housing, that they're welcomed um, and they're well orientated to uh, the rural community. So there's a real role for uh, organisations like Rotaries and Apexes to help support that work. Um, and um, in both these projects, we're working uh, closely with council um, around the social determinants. Mm-hmm. And you, yes, you just mentioned the social determinants. Um, I mean, and you mentioned place-based social processes and the effects this can have. Can you explain this a bit? Yeah, so what we mean, so this is a paper that I've recently written with um, two co-authors, uh, Christina Malatsky and Judy Gillespie in Canada. 
that's a, a literature review. Um, what we mean by place-based social processes is uh, exactly the sorts of things I'm talking about. That there, there are the the how people connect and socialise in towns, uh, in rural towns, um, is key to. Um, whether they have a level of personal satisfaction. So um, it, I think it's a, a, um, it, it's a thing of human nature. People need to feel a sense of connection and belonging um, and for people to choose in, in their decision-making uh, around staying in a job. Uh, they need to feel that they've got some sense of belonging in that town. Now that involves, um, you know, that secure housing, um, access to um, a good lifestyle, um, access to groups and activities that, um, uh, you know, are of interest to them. Um, and we need to think of that in a very holistic way, um, so um, not just as a, at an individual level. So if the person is coming with families, spousal employment is really important, a key determinant of retention. Everybody needs to be happy, including children. Um, so we really need to work, work hard as a community uh, in rural Australia to support um, our newcomer workers. Um, and I think I've got a lot of evidence to say uh, rural communities in Australia, that we're friendly. Um, I'm, a, I'm a rural Australian. Um, but we're often not inclusive. So even, um, uh, you know, people's experience of joining sporting clubs, some of the more traditional um, avenues of um, developing social connection in a town, uh, can still be experienced as quite clicky and excluding um, newcomers. So... Um, and I would also say that we need to be broader than that. Um, you know, uh, traditionally, the ways of connecting to a community were sport or religion in rural towns. Um, but um, our workforce is very diverse, um, both in terms of its cultures uh, and in terms of uh, age, the ages and um, pre preferences for lifestyles and interests. So we need to be offering more than just sport and um, you know, uh, those types of activities. So that's a challenge for the smaller rural communities. It's mm -hmm. a little easier for regional and it gets very difficult in remote areas. Um, yeah. But it is stuff that we need to be paying attention to. Um, one, I mean, I was surprised you've mentioned them all, but you, you found that tone of intention was most affected by professional experiences. Um, so are you, was there any other surprising findings kind of along with those? Yeah, probably the, the major one was <clears throat> the, the key focus of uh, a lot of training um, to address rural health workforce shortages. As I said at the beginning, those have uh, been acute for a very long time in Australia, is to train, uh, to set quotas and train people from rural backgrounds. Mm -hmm. um, and we've had some success in the medical workforce uh, with that approach, um, and that's now being... Um, more broadly extended to nursing and allied health workforces as well. Um, but people are complex and rural backgrounds are only a very small part of what influences people to... It might influence them initially to come, but it doesn't necessarily... Um, when you're looking at retention, it's not necessarily a factor about why people will stay. Um, what what was a key finding um, and in all my research, so... Um, both in um, 
in northwestern New South Wales and in Victoria more recently is that life stage is the key determinant. Um, so people in what I'd coin early adulthood, uh, so they tend to be uh, still um, uh, pre, pre a family or a settling stage. Um, you know, they're in their, most frequently they're in their 20s. Uh, they're interested in uh, gathering experiences and their attention is fairly short. Uh, they're the group that they're often in early career too. So they're not always, not all early career people are young, but uh, the vast majority are. And they tend to, if um, on average, as I said, their retention is around 18 months. So, um, mm-hmm. But people who are at the settling down stage, and I call that middle adulthood, and more interested in, um, you know, uh, to, uh, raising families, um, having dogs, just less less moving around, more settled stage of life. Uh, there are, and they're usually in their late twenties, mid thirties, and forties. Uh, their retention rates are much higher. They're much more likely to be staying. Now, I'm not I'm not advocating that we only recruit from people from middle life stage. It's extremely important that rural health service has a, a diverse workforce, um, and that we're training and supporting early um, new graduate early career people in um, early adulthood. But uh, we really need to also be ensuring that we have um, good supports um, for people in middle adulthood and that we're supporting their uh, their career development um, and ensuring that their spouse or partners have employment and that their children are well settled and um, into schools and that the, the town can offer what that family needs. So... Uh, that was a really interesting finding, um, and it continues to. I would still say that there's the 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 main. It's a very important driver. Um, uh, usually, after about 12 months, people have settled into work, um, and if um, the manager and the team and the organisation's okay, it's really those family determinants that will push uh, and social determinants that will push people out. So if they're young. They tend to go fairly quickly, and if they're older, they'll tend to stay. Possibly just because it's much more complex to move a whole family, um, and so people tend to stay in their jobs. And in rural, health jobs are good jobs to have. Uh, they're some of the best jobs, um, and so um, people will tend to stay in those for a, a good while, um, providing there's career opportunities for them and career, to, um, career access to. Um, continuing professional development. Mm-hmm. And has any of your work led to, <clears throat> I mean, you mentioned your the pilot study in Victoria, but mm-hmm. have you had any government engagement or interest in your findings? And you know? uh, We're just at the stage of, um, so we're just entering second year of, um, and we're about 12 months into implementing recommendations, and it's an action research project. So we're working, I'm working actively in partnership with, um, the health services. Um, so we have a, um, a, a, um, a project working group with me as the researcher, a project worker that's co- um, co-funded by the health service and the University of Melbourne, um, and then a, a, a very senior manager um, from the health professions in um, working alongside me, my um, my. Uh, yeah, we both hold a similar role and supervise this uh, project worker. So it's early days. Mm-hmm. Um, Any you know, observations and, so far? 
Yeah, uh, those life stage um, factors are very, very important. Um, I think mostly at this stage, uh, we can be pretty sure that um, my framework that's coming out of my original piece of research, which is those three things that I mentioned that are key, that we must be uh, the organisational culture um, and workplace needs to be positive and inclusive, there needs to be opportunities for career building and access to training and people need to have, feel a sense of belonging to the local community and a sense of social connect, connection. Those, those are all critical um, and without them, um, people won't stay. So, um, hmm. 